Welcome to Ross Purdy Destroys Comedy. I am joined here looking like how I usually look. Every day of your life. Every as day of my life. fresh as the day you were born. Well, you know, I was born like this and some people, they weren't born like this. Mm. And that's just my cross to bear. Yeah. And I'm or, here with- Or ours. Yeah. <laughs> it's our cross to bear. I'm speaking of crosses and bears. It's Cousin Tara. Hello. Cousin Tara. Hello, Ross Purdy. Cousin Tara. Mm, not your cousin, but everyone's cousin. Okay, okay. Um, that's what was tripping me up. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Not yours, but everyone else's. In yeah. all honesty, that is the only reason I invited you here. Like, Do <laughs> to, I... to crack that nut? <laughs> <laughs> Do I have a cousin I don't know about? Because I don't talk to any of my cousins. I don't either. I don't either. Why don't you talk to your cousin? I wonder if it's the same reason I don't talk to mine. Because they're cashed up Bergens that look down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I, can, I can definitely like draw some similarities there. Um, I, stopped, I, yeah, I stopped talking to my uh, extended family about, about, actually about a year ago now. Uh, it's incredible what uh, COVID, COVID is really, uh, has kind of released us a lot from our, I don't know, from some of the uh, social mores perhaps, or uh, yeah, I definitely don't feel like I have to pretend anymore with my, with my problematic cousins. <laughs> nor, I'm glad you freed yourself too. Nor should you. Oh, fuck right. I am my own cousin. Mm-hmm. And is that mm-hmm. the message you're trying to impart through your art? Um, I, I don't have a message, Ross. I think, uh, I think, I think it sounded catchy. And uh, well, actually, I think you know you can. Everyone can be their own cousin in some respect. But like, everyone's got different. Like you or I have very different. Sorry, I had soup before. Um, <laughs> very different associations with cousin with family right you know like some people be like yeah i love my cousins and then there'd be some people like you or i to be like yeah i i think about people that have uh you know made made it difficult for me <laughs> to to live or be be uh be expressive or be myself and uh and you know so maybe maybe i should have thought more about that when i landed on the name uh, it was actually given to me by our friends, the two little dickheads, Shani Those, and Dave Teak. Let me tell you something. They are mm-hmm. little dickheads. 
they are both in stature and in quality, little and dickhead. They stole my podcast from me. Do you mean like, in what sense? Like, literally? Go back. Episode, ten, about 10 episodes ago. Face was it the same my... one I was on with them? No. That was, a... was it way before them. That was way long ago. This is way after that. They stole my podcast. Oh, shit. You know, have I have that demystified podcast that they like? Oh, got... yeah. They've is done that four... your concept? They've done four times. No, not even that. They came on my feed. <laughs> and they manifested, air quotes, my podcast away f- from me. So I have to call them up and you can go back and listen to that. And I'm just plugging old episodes now. <laughs> I love that. That was smooth. I appreciate that. I, I think, I mean, I would have never have thought that they could do that, but um, sometimes power and sometimes like supernatural power really, really takes over of people that, you know, takes them over, doesn't it? You know, I wouldn't have thought that they'd do that to you, Ross. Well, Dave and Shani, they're well known around the scene as being just big stealers. Big frauds. It's what I know them best for. <laughs> Just the Kapow, their last show. Their cats don't even exist. I had cats. They stole those cats from me. What? All of their cats. What? They manifested. They manifested mm-hmm. your yeah. cats, sir. They did. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Tower, tower. I mean, I mean, in the sense that, like, I never owned or possessed or had met the cats before them, but they were mine, and then they, and they should have been mine, like in a cosmic sort of sense. Um, and then they, yeah, and then they manifested the cats for their own, um, for their own use and and uh, pleasure. You know, not not really, yeah. In in a, I think they will receive judgment when the time comes. Exactly like how, like the system took away my kids. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know them; they weren't mm-hmm. necessarily mine. But the system took them away from me. The system, yeah, absolutely. Um, as in, like someone threw out your samples. Like, did someone? Did you? <laughs> someone took my uh, DVD copy. Of mm. the film Kids. And it wasn't mine because I stole it from Ben. Oh, shit. This really goes into a, a conversation around ownership and materialism, doesn't it, Ross Purdy? I'm glad that you brought me on today because it's all I wanted to talk about. And that's really what anyone is talking about these days. Mm-hmm. And just branding, like what does it mean? Cousin Tara, mm-hmm. it just sounds good. It feels good, so to speak. Now, I don't know what it is to, to manufacture something like a brand or do anything that kind of it just feels good that's i don't know like rainbow rainbow piss was a pretty strong brand ross did you think about the branding aspects when you were you know when you were struck with with the with the vision of rainbow piss i was struck with the idea that this show is going to take me to the the zenith of the next level and i'm going to get that call and i'm going to get that call from susan proven and saying (laughs) I get the key to comedy. <laughs> the key. <laughs> the key. The sash. The <laughs> yes. The sash. Comedy. I have, yes. Well done. <laughs> and what happened? What got in your way? 
you know? Why, why, why did you never get that call? I did get the call. Oh, you did. I'm sorry. I, I didn't got the, I, didn't. I, I got the call, but I slipped into an old habit. Anytime I sp yeah. I've sp ever spoken to Susan Proven where mm -hmm. I just say suddenly Susan and she hung up. <laughs> yeah. She hates that. Doesn't she? She's, she's been pretty explicit about how much she hates that. You know what? I am not a fan of doing things that the majority of people hate. Mm -hmm. I just do mm -hmm. it because I just don't mm -hmm. know any better. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. know better? I don't know better. I don't claim to. I don't claim to. I wouldn't. I would you never um, lord that over you. Uh, even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. I wouldn't tell you how to do things better. I wouldn't try to improve you in that way. I wouldn't try to change who you are. You know? I think you should try and change who I am. Why? That sounds like a that sounds like a big expectation of of women, Ross. It's like to change. You know, we all think we got to change the men in our life. You know, isn't that what they say? Isn't that the uh, the old the old uh, adage? To be fair, I'm not really in your life. I mean, what are you saying? Like you don't. And that I like... would I would pay you cash money. So it's almost oh. more it's almost more that you're an image consultant. Sure, we can make it transactional. I've I've got no beef with that. What do you want to work on? But it's you know, the face because you've got the face down pat. Like currently, yeah. that face that you've got right now that you've got from birth that came out with you from the womb that's rocking like you've got that down pat you don't need to change a thing about that face thank you i've spent my whole life thinking i should get the plastic surge only surge in love for your own face that's thank the you only surge i care about thank you and i'm gonna <laughs> keep thanking you because sometimes image consultants don't get thanked because they just think well they get the money why should i thank them that's right we need to be, we need to, this is like the radical kindness of the future. We need to be thanking everyone. You give someone money, you thank them. Dentist, you know, your dealer, your, um, your dentist dealer, your dentist dealer. Sometimes there is an overlap. <laughs> Are you meaning to tell me that there is someone who's in an alleyway that goes, I got a dentist for you. I got a dentist. Oh, I got a dentist for you. I do good price. <laughs> I do you a good price. <laughs> and it's never a good price. It's never a good price. No, because people, you just don't. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just that it's like, who else? What other alleys are there? Like, where, if you're in that alley at that time, it's most convenient to go with what the deal that's being offered. What is the deal? What is the what is the opportunity right there and then? You know, you you don't have time to shop around for other dark alleyway dentist dealers. And a lot of people, like most people only know one or maximum two dentist dealers. They don't, you know, like most people, I would say, even people that, that um, are regular users of dentists, like there's just not that, like unless you're really in the scene, you won't, yeah, like you won't know a lot of them. And so you don't know if you're getting a good price for your dentist. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You just, you just, whatever's there, you know? I mean, you want to hope that, yeah, but it's not a regulated industry. That's the problem, Ross. You know, it could be anything. Like, it could be, you never know what you're getting on the streets. Well, sometimes that's the fun and thrill of it. It is so, right? You go you know? up to someone and go, can you fix my teeth for me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they'd be like, and they'd either be like, 
the fuck are you talking about, man? I'm not that kind of, you know, who do you, who do you take me for? Um, and you know, there's always that risk, but then every now and again, you'll, you'll get a vibe and you'll, you'll sidle up to somebody and be like, Hey, I heard you give great root canal and they sometimes will, um, you know, and then they'll be like, Hey, I don't know who you heard it from, but like, just keep it on the download, meet me around the corner in 20. And then you're, you're gold, you're golden. Sometimes literally, if you're getting like grills in your mouth. <laughs> fillings, those old fashioned fillings. Sometimes you get that, the vintage dealers, the people that try to like, you know, that's kind of their niche. There's definitely a niche for vintage dental dealers because we kind of forget like in this new age of like all these innovations, you know, all these innovations. And it's nice to just have something like wholesome and old school sometimes as well, you know, not that, not the stuff the kids are doing. You know, just, just go oh. back to the simpler time of, of gold grills and, and silver fillings and, you know, and, and. Fake know. fangs. Fake. Holy shit. Hello, late 90s, early 2000s goth scene. Yes. Yes. Have you ever thought about getting that sort of, those sort of um, like implants or modifications? I got real fangs. I don't need, I've been trying to get rid of these suckers. My whole life. Can I see them? Ugh. Can you show me them? That's a really, yeah. Do you, I see you like your jaw's quite lit. Your, your mouth is quite limited there. Do you need like, um, cause I've got TMJ and it just makes me think about how maybe my jaw gets locked sometimes. Do you want me to like recommend you to a good, I got a good physio for that. If you, um, if you're interested. Oh, good. You're all good. You're <laughs> fair. Oh, I love it. Oh. It's <laughs> Yeah, I can see the freedom of movement there is, uh, is, is fine. Nothing to worry about. Nothing yeah, it's not about. fine. It's fine. It's fine. Hey, Ross. Yes, yes, yes. Are you excited about going and doing comedy in person again? Or are you, like me, feeling beige <laughs> about re-entering comedy society? Now that you have the key... And you can go anywhere and do anything. Yeah, I could go on the project. <laughs> Turns out that's all the key will allow you to do. You hope it will just allow you to do something more, maybe like, could I get my own TV show? No, you can do, no. like a, do a whip around on Fridays on the project yeah. occasionally. Yeah, like some, uh, you get to have like your own little segment. Um, and it's, it's like, I don't know, it's about, um, uh, you know, just kind of, finding stray cats and um, giving them giving them interesting hairstyles or something. So even that, that would be good. Mm-hmm. Even. Like, <laughs> you're right. I'm, you're, you're am right. I pitching too high? Am I pitching too high? Is that, what's, is that what the problem is here? The, the, literally. It's just you get five seconds and you stand outside a tavern and you say, come to the, the tavern this weekend and do a little bit of drinky poos. And then it cuts back to Tommy Little and he makes everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> where would you, where would you want your cutaway to be? Like if you, if they're like, okay, now we're, we're, uh, we're going to be uh, joining uh, Ross Purdy at, and where would you be at your project cutaway? Where would we find you promoting, doing a bit of a, you know, a promo for where, where would you be? Tavern's Tavern. Tavern's Tavern. South, South Melbourne, near the docks. Okay, so here we cut to Ross Purdy 
Um, it's okay. No, I should do the whole, I should give you some good framing. Okay. Hello. Is Pete Hellier still on? Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm Pete Hellier and, uh, you're back, uh, back on the project. Uh, and, uh, uh, here we're going to cross, uh, live to Ross Purdy's outside Tavern's Tavern. Uh, and, uh, Docklands, did you say Docklands? Yeah, good Docklands. Uh, yeah. And, uh, how you doing out there, Ross? Tara, Tara. Peter Hellier does not try that hard. Oh, fuck, you're right. Do I need a, like, I need a bit more, like, CB, CBF, just a little bit more CBF. Yeah, just a bit more. You're tired of this and you're doing it for the paycheck. How old is he now? Oh, God, 70 years old. <laughs> oh, God. He's almost as old as Richard Kingsmill, the guy who fixed the youth music. The youth music. He was 150 years old. He is. We all know this. He, he drinks. He dr- it's why he's still in the game because he needs fresh, youthful blood to to sustain him doesn't he what does pete hellion need to get by do you think well he's just on the survive on he survives on occasionally starring on a a sitcom that no one watches called Mm -hmm. how to stay married Mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay powerful um okay so what you're saying is i need to give him more of a I've been in the game 30 years or something and uh, yeah. I, need to, I need a good lie down and uh, I'm still under contract since, since Rove live, which is why I'm still appearing on this network. Is that what you're, is that what you mean? Yes. Kind of vibe? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we'd like to now introduce, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, Ross Purdy is appearing outside Tavern's Tavern and he's, I don't know, he's got some sort of deal for us. How you doing, Ross? Thanks, Petey. I'm outside here, Tavern's Tavern. I'm just, I'm just, I've got a great deal for you this weekend. If you buy two shots, I will um, lift up my shirt and show my nips. Mm. And and you can pluck those nips of mine and see if some milky comes out and you can drink some Mm -hmm. of my man milk. You put it mm-hmm. inside uh, like a little Ciroc, vodka Ciroc mm-hmm. with a little lemon mm-hmm. and tequila. That's a mm-hmm. cocktail right there. Back to you. That's... Thanks, Ross. That's, um, that's, uh, that sounds, uh, sounds like the, the kind of thing that they'd uh, serve me back in, um, back in Shepparton. Uh, I remember they had a name for it back in the, the late 90s. I think it was called the, um, the, the Nip Twist Slip and Dip. Yeah. Okay, and now we cut to inside Peter Hellier's brain as he reminisces about the the knit twist slip and dip. Oh my love, my soul, I hunger for your touch. Peter, I got a brand new drink for you. Oh shit, Ross, what is it? It's the knit. It's the knit twist slip and dip. Tell it's going to change son. your world. <laughs> Tell and me more, son. We, you're going to do drink a little bit of this. You're going to end up on Rove Live. You're going to change the face <laughs> of Australian television, mate. <laughs> Just remember to thank me. You're laughing really hard right now, Peter, because you just can't believe what's going to end up happening. <laughs> All this because of some... some regional cocktail i can't believe it i won't believe it i won't believe it i'm gonna make my own way mate i'm not gonna i'm not gonna just shoot to fame just because i took in someone's lactation 
plus vodka <laughs> one summer's afternoon in Shepparton in the late 90s. Mate, mate, look at Graham Kennedy. Look at Don Lane. Mm -hmm. Oh, he just came through the door. I'm looking at him. Ask Graham. Ask Graham how he got to TV. Lane. Oi! Graham! <laughs> How'd you get into TV? He said that he was, uh, he was uh, approached uh, during... Uh, during an Australia Day event. Yes. Approached with what? <laughs> approached, <laughs> approached with um with a flyer, uh, and it said, uh, "Do you do you enjoy uh, programs? Would you like to um, would you like to be a part of a new program?" Uh, or do you want to uh, steal our equipment and go and uh, create a guerrilla comedy program um, in uh, in your local in the basement of your local town? And that's what he went for. You went for the stealing the equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And back in those days, it was worth like a million bucks. So he's a real renegade in that regard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it obvious that I know nothing about the origins of Graham Kennedy? Well, everybody knows that famous crow call incident where yeah. he yeah. accidentally yelled out for a knit twist slip and dip. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, you can't yell for that on TV. That's secret backroom business Is drinks. That, was that that incident? That yes. Was that, that was what got... See, this is where... So I didn't know where all the controversy had come from. And I just thought, hey, he's, he's a white guy on on the tv in the 60s 70s i don't know fucking year. 50s and 60s 70s 50s, 60s 70s and uh and uh and i thought maybe he just had had maybe uh maybe done a swearsy maybe he'd done a, a dropped a you know dropped a, a c-bomb like a crap a crap bomb which i can now say on on your program i'm, I'm grateful for that um and uh yeah and i thought maybe it was something like that or he, or he kind of like groped maybe groped an intern or something he groped a crow holy shit and was this after the lemon twist nip, slip dip well this was uh, yes he had a little bit of a drink he groped and, and the was crow. There, there was a crow in the crowd yes there was a crow in the crowd he grabbed the that's right you know what i think this is something that my my granddad told me about like years ago he groped the crow the crow had complained and but everyone saw it so even though he tried to defend it like the crow was like you you went for my my fairy my 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 soft underbelly and you like everyone saw it and i'm not just a sense i'm not just like a toy or a or a sex like a you know i'm not just a bird you can sexualize i'm i'm a human bird um not a human being but a human bird and i think that that's important to differentiate because he graham didn't didn't he he didn't think he thought he could just get away with it because of that species distinction and we just you know we don't put up with it now we sure as hell didn't put up with it then you know definitely not and people oddly enough believe the crow immediately yeah they're very trustworthy animals you didn't you don't get that a lot these days but i don't know crows no well you wouldn't you wouldn't um you don't trust a magpie Magpies to swoop down on you. I don't even do nothing. 
I know. And I think that like, it's hard because there's a lot of bad press around them, but they also do, they are very aggressive and it's, it's hard, you know, I, 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 I want to, I want to like them. Um, uh, but there's no doubt, like if you need to move a fridge or if your house is on fire, you know, you call a crow every time. Definitely not. And not a magpie. I see a not black a part. Magpie. I see a black part of a magpie. I go across the street, but then I see the white part yeah. of a magpie and I get comfortable <laughs> again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you like, I want to be an advocate for magpies. I want to, um, uh, but you're right. There's that, uh, there's that moment of distrust. Uh, I'm not sure what analogy this is forming now. I, I'm going to have to stop <laughs> question myself. Well, you know, they're so violent and they say to you that this was born out of a, a survival mechanism. And yes. I go, no, not good enough for me. You're attacking me. I'm not going to go into the nuances of the discussion. Leave me alone. No. Like, this is it. I think overwhelmingly we can, we can simplify it and take a very literal approach to magpies in that regard and say, they are ruthless fucking monsters. Ruthless monsters. Trying to protect their eggs. I only touched one with my pinky. <laughs> How'd you get up there, Ross? How'd you get up there? I climbed up there with my hands and I go, I wonder what touching this magpie egg with my pinky would be like. Mm, Next thing I know, it felt like touching an egg with a pinky. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I can imagine. Ima imagine, Tara, imagine an egg. Now imagine my pinky. Now imagine this pinky touching an egg. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was like. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, and this is, and this is where it all, this is where it all changed. Like they, they, this is where they, this is when they came for you. This is where it all went wrong. Yeah. I touched the pinky, yeah. I touched the pinky egg. Magpie came, tried pecking my eyes out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can only, I can only apologize on behalf of magpies everywhere. I'm glad you did that. It, it, yeah. it is up for you. Up you to wouldn't you. hear that from a magpie. You wouldn't hear it. You wouldn't. You wouldn't hear an apology from a magpie. But I, I think deep down in their murky black souls, I think that um, yeah, I think that um, I think they, you know, you could. I think they. I think they do care, and so you know, they think about it before they swoop. They look down and they go, "Hey, I, I want to go for them peepers." I want to pluck them out like a grape um, from a, from a fresh um, bunch, but maybe something deep down, there's something in that, you know, that dichotomy, you know, there's a little bit of good, a little bit of evil deep down in them. And uh, it's, it's a constant match. It's a constant battle of, um, of forces. Mind you, in my other hand, I did have a hammer. Oh, okay. So you didn't mention that. And I would say that you were equipped with a weapon at the time. And I was planning on smashing the other eggs. So you just, so your pinky reached in, you had a little feel, and then you realized that you were, um, oh, okay, cool. Okay. I think I'm getting a better picture now. I'm getting a better picture. Um, so pinky, hammer, swoop. Pinky, yes. hammer, swoop. One okay. egg. 
There's three eggs. My pinky touched one egg. My hammer was going to smash two other eggs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh... Okay, but you left one egg. You left that one egg that you pinky had touched because that was like the sacred kind of yeah. anointment. You were like, I bless this egg. I will, I am here to carry out my uh, my vengeance on the others against all magpie kind. And you spared that one egg, which I think shows your compassion, you know? That's what I tried to say to the magpie, but they don't understand human language. They don't. They don't. Why don't they learn our fucking language, right? I don't get it. Come on. Get out of my country. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. You know, there's, a, there's some sort of irony there, but I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Um, well. Yeah, I'm not going I'm not, to. I'm not book smart, you know. I'm not going to try and think about it too deeply because, um, you know, that would require energy. Well, Tara, you're still channeling Peter Hellier, obviously. I mean, everything that has been said in the last 15 minutes has been said through the mouthpiece of Peter Hellier. So I don't... And, you know, satire is a quoted, if I'm If I'm quoted on anything, it's... Uh, you better put Peter Hellier's name on that because it's, it's, not, it's not my words, mate. It's not... It's, this is all just from the, the, the playbook of Hellier. The Peter, the Peter Hellier playbook. And he's a very famous hater. A hater? Yeah, he's a big, big hater. <laughs> I can't see it, but I am, uh, for listeners, I'm nodding right now in agreement that Peter Hellyer, the H stands for hater. Tara, you said you, you were worried. You were worried about going back into comedy because we're coming out um, of this lockdown and you said you were worried, but I think you've got nothing to worry about if you just keep channeling Peter Hellyer. I mean, I worry if I'm reinventing the Ferris wheel. Well, or am the- I just you know or is it a new kind nothing's original you know you know what they say there's only seven original stories mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and four of them are about how magpies should get out of my country i know and that's the that's the thing like we, we're just reproducing these uh these magpie fables these uh these core you know story structures which are you know Fair, they're fair weathered, you know. They really are. They only come out when the weather's fair. Stories of a feather. Yep. Well, birds of a feather should all get out of this country. (laughs) Particularly if I can't make sense of them because they've got a bit of white in them too. I know, but, you know, their food tastes good. (laughs) Is that what you discovered when you ate those eggs that you'd smashed? Well... Yes. I ate magpie eggs. Yeah. I had them sunny side up. <laughs> I love that you that you were there to attack the eggs, but you did take your time and you acknowledged that the food's good. And I think that that's, that's very Australian of you. Well, I don't like how they're coming to my neighborhood and they're trying to marry my daughter, but their yeah. food's good. It's a hard one. My daughter, by the way, taken by the system. Of course, uh, your copy of it's it, it's it's uh, it's a dark story. It's a, well, I mean that was that's the fifth story that we keep telling, isn't it? Yes, the story of ninety skater kids yeah. giving each other AIDS. Would you hate me if I said I don't know what you're talking about? Like I don't know what that film is, and I've never heard of it in my life. 
Well, I would respond with, that sounds about right. And I wasn't expecting you to know. Cool. Okay. Good. Good. But it is a film about You're trying to catch me off guard? You're trying to to throw me a curveball? That's not what this podcast is about, Cousin Tara. You saw I come on the Zoom with my happy, smiling face. Your natural, happy, smiling face that God gave you. That everyone will know once I come back on stage, which I'm very much looking forward to. (laughs) It's like I'm born again, so to speak. It's like a new face, but it's also an old face. It's an old, familiar face with a new coat of paint. War paint. Kind of pink. Like my pinky. Pink like your pinky. Pink like the remnants of the fetus that you ate when you ate those eggs. Okay, I never ate no fetus. I never ate no fetus. That's a Janelle Monet song, actually. I think that's what I think that's how the song goes. Pink like when you ate those eggs, baby. Pink, get on out of that tree with your hammer. Wow. Shit, there's a crew that's descending upon you what you mean to tell me is is that art is in life is imitating art holy shit my life is I mean, a janelle some... janelle monet song it fucking is oh it great it is great but that came out in 2018 when did when did this happen when when did you when did you pinky tickle those eggs yesterday i'm gonna have to go away and think about that i don't i don't know how to process that is it just one of those like you know, cosmic coincidences that that she wrote about that back in potentially the year 2018 and then here it is happening in in, you know, the the northern suburbs of Melbourne. Like I don't know. I think well Janelle Monet, she is she's Nostradamus. Yeah, I mean it's been said. It's been said. Um her her foresight is legendary. Um yeah, like she knew not to collaborate with Fun again, and that's when her career took off. Exactly. And what did happen to Fun? What happened to Fun, Ross? What, what did ha- What did happen to Fun? They were gone during this whole pandemic. I haven't heard from them. Have you heard from them? I haven't heard of Fun. I haven't heard from Magic. I haven't heard from um, Carnival. I never even heard from Grimes. What happened to Grimes? Wonder if I shook up with someone controversial. I don't think so. I don't think she would have done that. I think that um, she seemed to like have her head really screwed on and uh, and was pretty, um, you know, she was she was a bit quirky. But she was definitely a bit radical, and uh, I just can't see her doing anything like that, Ross. No, especially think, um, hopefully not anyone with a sort of strong musk. That's what we I end up. Biz- yeah. What we end up biz call lack of subtlety. Um, whatever do you need? <laughs> um, no, I think, I think you're right. I, I couldn't see her doing that. And, um, uh, <laughs> trying to make something work with Tesla and it's, um, there's very little wordplay to, to there's very little opportunity for wordplay there. I wonder if Elon didn't think of ever changing his name when people are like, people are going to make a lot of jokes about me, you know, smelling, but he didn't think of that. 
the same time, his name is like synonymous with that, uh, you know, iconic and dearly, you know, much loved pink sweet candy, you know. Um, so I think it kind of levels out. Right. Drake, Drake can't claim that. Drake doesn't, you know, you say Drake and you think of, again, birds. Uh, you know? And we've talked about birds and the blight they are on society. And, and we talked you know, about Drake during the time when we weren't recording. Oh, fuck a duck. So people are like, Drake, that came out of nowhere. And I'm thinking, that didn't come out of nowhere. That came from the uh, unrecorded times, I like to call it. The, uh, the boutique segment, the, uh, the, the, yeah, the, the secret tapes. The, uh, <laughs> the secret tapes. So Chris <laughs> is going to call me up and say, you've got to release those secret tapes. What are you talking about there? And I'm like, none of your beeswax, Congress. If we, if we don't know the premise, then you're in trouble. You're going to pay that we're going to find you. We're going to take that key off you. Boy, I, <laughs> wish, I wish I didn't know the premise. That new TV show. That's terrible. <laughs> or is that the promise? No, the premise. It's an awful t- It's a TV show called The Premise. Okay, it's the a, Prestige. I wish it was The Prestige because <laughs> it might have been good. But it's the guy from the American office that's like, hello, hello, hello. I'm speaking with a British accent even though I'm American. I'm really smart, I am, so I'm going to make an anthology show. And it's not smart at all. It's actually really dumb. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is why you should have gotten a show, Ross. This is why when Proven gave you that call, you know, they're giving it to these old, you know, these old hacks, but the fresh blood's here and all you get is a, is a, is a project fucking cutaway, you know? Thank you for saying that, Peter. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> wow, okay, we're back, with, we're back with Cousin Tara now. What's it like to think that entire time it was Peter Hellier talking about Grimes and, and Drake and all that stuff. Mm, mm. I mean, I couldn't comment. He kind of, when he takes over, he takes over, you know, it's, uh, it's, I kind of go, I kind of just kind of, you know, kind of retreat into the, the back of the conscious, like my subconscious. And so I'm not really, I'm not really here for it, if you know what I mean. Um, so you're going to have to catch me up. Uh, but maybe maybe later on, because I I mean I don't think you know everyone needs the uh, the footnotes on, on what just happened for the past forty five minutes. Um, no, no one needs any footnotes. But to end on a note, do you have a foot mm-hmm. to plug? Um, yes. Do you want to do it? Do you want to plug something? This is your open mic hour. Ah, good God. Well, well, um, I would like to plug, uh, um, do you know what? I, I don't actually have anything happening, Ross. Um, so that's why I was like, you know, you, you call me up and you're like, get on this hectic train, this, this train to 
to comedy town. I've got the key. And I'm like, great. Uh, and uh, at no point did I think about my own self-interest and how I might be able to further the Cousin Tara brand. However, if your listeners do want to further the Cousin Tara brand um, and help me to do that, they can uh, follow me on Instagram, Cousin ah. Tara. They can, uh, they can go to Facebook and they can like my page, which is also Cousin Tara. Um, and uh, yeah, they can also, I'm on Twitter, but I don't do it very much because I'm not very good at it. Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm at Destroy Comedy. At dest- yeah, cool. Do you, are you good at Twitter? Not really. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, neither am I. Um, oh, there is some cool stuff. So recently, I know I will plug this thing. So recently, uh, Ali O'Brien's Tash York and I did a, 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 a like an Andrew Sisters um, pastiche uh, called Rum and Vaccines. Um, and if you go to my YouTube or Tash York's YouTube or the Pickup YouTube, all of it, you can give us all some hits. Um, you can watch that video and listen to the cool song that, uh, that Alia and uh, my friend Colin wrote and that we all performed uh, and filmed remotely. Have you seen it for us? I do remember watching that and then afterwards, I had a whole bunch of rum. I love it. <laughs> I'm glad that you got the key messaging of the song. Thank you. I, that's, I, what, that's what we wanted. Yeah. I, I don't think I missed anything else. No, definitely not. No, no, no. It was, uh, it was definitely the promotion of, uh, of, of, of um, entry level spiced rum, um, you know, cause Captain Morgan doesn't have enough promotion. There's, there's nowhere near enough promotion for Captain Morgan. So, um, you know, and that's what we all needed in these troubling times. You know, it was just a reminder of uh, what we've talked about today is, is that is that brand confidence um, mm-hmm. and a reminder that alcohol exists and that you can purchase it and consume it. Yes. And speaking of alcohol, I'm going to plug my Patreon with the bonus Ross Freddy Destroys Comedy After Show podcast. Listen to the, one of the latest ones where I drunkenly talk about The Wire. Now that's bonus content you're going to want to pay for getting drunk and talking about HBO prestige dramas. Is this solo? Do you take guests for that one? Oh, it's mostly solo, except mm-hmm. for one episode mm-hmm. where Shana Manuga gave me hypnotherapy. That's fucking incredible. That's I'm going to have to go back and listen to that one. I got, I, got, I got a long list. I got a list of listenings, mate. I got hypnotherapy and then I've got the... The manifesting your show on uh, on their podcast on the Dickheads podcast too. I think everyone should check those out. Thank you. Also, check out Rainbow Piss. It's on at November thirtieth at the Northcote Social Club. Fuck yes. And fuck yes. We're just gonna rock out. Just do the freaking show, man, and just perform. The comedy key winning show. The key yes. to comedy. Susan Proven gave you that key for that show. She gave me the key, and now I'm on the project every single week. Hey, Cousin Tara, do you want to hear my impression of someone from the, the project? Uh, I think so. I think uh, I do. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, I'm Carrie Bickmore, I am. Oh, I feel like I've just been transported. <laughs> 